Boom. What is going on? Thrival the fittest, Thrival of fittest family. I can't even say our own podcast. That's how often we don't do this. Uh, episode 52. Um, we were just getting into a debate before the debate that we're about to get into on this episode. Um, my name is Ross Poindexter. I'm here with Glenn Dawson. I'm here with Ryan Butler. Um, all of us from Reset You Fitness. And we are excited to be back on another episode where we're going to spit some facts. We're going to have some laughs. And you're going to learn some shit today. Glenn, take it away. Got a heated debate for you, everyone. Heated. Heated. And this is one um, I think I've been on both sides before of. And, you know, with my wisdom, being over 30, like Ross, um, I feel like I've, he's, could have fooled me by your looks, buddy. Um, but anyways. I look 25, but I'm 28. <laughs> sure. Debatable. But anyways, speaking of debates, Is back to debate? what we're talking about. <laughs> um, back to what we're talking about. Would you rather, or not even would you rather, would you be more successful with a trainer that looks the part, a super fit trainer with less knowledge or an average looking trainer with more knowledge, which one are you in better hands with? Now today I'm going to be arguing the part of the less knowledge, super fit trainer, which is, is weird because I'm a very knowledgeable trainer myself. Um, this is actually a spirit of debate I got into with Andrew Briggs. And after thinking about it, I kind of flip flop sides. Now, Ryan, Ryan, what side will you be arguing? I will be taking over the side where you would rather have somebody that's a little bit less in shape, but can connect to you a little bit more, can understand how your body's moving, understand what the goal is that you're trying to accomplish a lot better. That's a little bit more educated. He's already starting. <laughs> yeah, you're already way too far ahead, bro. Oh, bro what are you doing? I got I to already preface it with, you know, <laughs> that's what people want. So, all right. So you're like, if Andrew Briggs is listening, you're Andrew, you're, you're basically going over the Andrew Briggs portion of this and it's okay. I get it. Is it, was his argument pretty good too? Sure. It's the same as yours, but let's see. see. We'll see. So the end result is the client gets results, right? What we're after is that the client gets results. So if you're listening to this, what we're after is you getting results. Now, ideally, you'd want an educated trainer who's also super ripped and lives the lifestyle. There's not a lot of those. I mean, reset you pretty much has a market cornered, but, um, <laughs> there's, I mean, they're out there, but they're very difficult. To find. So if you had to pick one, the super fit regimented person who has less knowledge or the person who, you know, looks like an average person, but has a, wealth of knowledge we're going to go over which one would make you yeah. more successful like you said, it doesn't matter which one you'd rather you want. want both but that's not the point of this podcast yeah and another obvious thing that we're gonna we're gonna stifle before we even get into this if you're an obese trainer and you're super knowledgeable no one cares no one cares right and we can agree on that everybody right facts 100 yep yeah if, if you're an you obese trainer knowledge that you have no one's gonna want to listen to you exactly exactly so when I was researching the CDC, and you guys can go look at this, there was 
nutrition guidelines on the CDC. And they're given to you by nutritionists that are obviously out of shape. And I'm going to use the word out of shape to be nice. But if someone's profile picture from the shoulders up, you can tell that they're overweight. Probably not the best person to receive advice from, especially not the Center for Disease Control. Bro, have you seen some of those video panels that they shoot? Like It's each, terrible. It's terrible. So like 200 plus pounds. Like they're not in shape at all. How are they giving the nutrition advice? And I get it. They're, they've got all the right schooling, everything. But either one of two things is happening with those people. Either they don't care enough about their own health to take it seriously or what they're doing is wrong. Right? Like in either one of those, they should not be given advice. Right? Agreed. Facts. Yeah. If you're an obese trainer, I don't care how much knowledge you have either what you're doing isn't working. You don't have enough knowledge to fix yourself or you don't care enough to actually get results. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You want somebody who's going to have the habits to implement themselves and you're not going to want to learn from someone who can't even implement that shit. Which was what brings me to my, my opening statement. Wow. Wow. Let's hear this. So we've all agreed, all three of us, that if you're obese and out of shape yourself to that level, that you shouldn't be giving advice because either the advice that you are giving out isn't working or you don't care enough to follow it. Now, here's the things, guys. We said, what is going to be the most consistent thing that will get you results? And if somebody cares so much about their body that they will follow their plan to a T and their mindset is there that they will create habits that will make sure that they follow this plan. Even if the plan isn't perfect, right? Even if it's some cookie cutter plan, but they make the person follow it to a T because they care so much, right? Because this is something that they're passionate about. They are so passionate about it that they leave, they live, breathe, eat, sleep, fitness, health, and nutrition. Even if their plan is cookie cutter, if they're holding that person accountable because they care so much, right? Say they're a fitness competitor. Maybe they're saying, hey, you got to have 200 carbs before your your fitness show and you need to dehydrate a week out, whatever it is, stuff that's like all super old science, but it's worked and it's worked all over the time, thousands of times. Not sustainable. Over 20 years. Yeah. And is it, so not sustainable, we'll cover in a second. (laughs) But they're building in habits. Yes. Habits. Now, we both already said, and I get it, I would rather have a plan specific to me where I get better results for my effort. But one of the biggest things that you'll find is you can have the best laid plans, but if somebody does not follow it, it does nothing. Now, I would bet, on someone who cares so much about fitness that they look the part, they live, breathe, eat, sleep, fitness. I would bet on that person holding one of their clients accountable, even if their plan isn't as good and their client getting to the end result more than I would count on a super knowledgeable client or a super knowledgeable trainer, giving their client the best program known to man and letting their client fall off. 
Okay. Because they don't care that much. Or maybe <laughs> they give them the best laid plan known to man, but they don't have the mindset themselves. And that's why they don't have the body that those other people that look like fucking Instagram pictures do. I'm curious before you uh, respond to this, Ryan, I'm curious what you have to say about the nutrition aspect that you're talking about hundred percent. But what if you're working with somebody who is completely messed up functionally? Um, Their knees are jacked up, their backs jacked up. If you give them a cookie cutter plan there, you're going to make those a lot worse. Most likely Mm -hmm. correct. Incorrect. And that's super good. That's a great point, Ross. I'm glad that you brought it up. You know, I'm just trying to moderate. You feel me? You're definitely right. Um, And in that situation, if someone is so hyper-focused on fitness, nutrition, they would either do one of two things in that situation because they care about fitness and nutrition and they care about their client getting results more, right? Otherwise, they wouldn't live this lifestyle that they're living. They wouldn't say no to pizza and cookies all the time. They wouldn't accept anything less for themselves or for their clients, right? So they would either do the research and become educated and give their client the education or they would refer out. And referring out isn't the worst thing ever. It's not the most terrible thing ever. In fact, you can have the most educated trainer ever and they can't solve every single problem. No one can. They're going to end up referring out too. All that means is this, this trainer that we're specifically talking about that cares the most, they might actually refer out sooner because they care about their client, because they care about the end result. They care about that actual would end they, result that the client wants, that goal, more. Would they refer out to the out-of-shape trainer who's a lot more knowledgeable? No, nah, they'd probably refer out, in, in your example, probably to a physical therapist. Interesting. I'm just curious what you had to say, you know, cause like, yeah. So the, you're, I, I see what you're doing with this. You, you got like loopholes. You're, you're, you're saying like, he doesn't know how to get that person that, to their he goals, or she. but yeah, sorry. Sorry. I'm just th- looking at three guys right here. Um, they're not going to know how to get them there. So they're going to refer out. That's, that's basically the argument. The argument is who's getting, which trainer is going to get the client to the end result. Yeah, yeah, but that's what you're saying would be the solution to the, the fit trainer that's not as knowledgeable. The fit trainer that's not as knowledgeable, that cares more about this subject, that's yeah. passionate about it, yeah, yeah, they yeah. will figure it out. They'll either gain more knowledge I'm or... Not, yeah, I'm not arguing against out. you. I'm just like clarifying it. And I appreciate it. I appreciate latency. the clarity so everyone that's listening can understand how right I am. All right. Wow. <laughs> Ryan, I mean, do you have anything to say about that, man? Oh, I got, I got plenty to say. about. Um, well, first of all, you know, and Glenn makes some great points, but here's the deal. Like when, and we can be honest with people that we know who have done some bodybuilding shows, you brought up someone that's, you know, ripped done maybe a show or two. Now, how is their relationship with food? They may have a great regiment or, you know, a great schedule going into the gym every day, but some of the most messed up people I've actually come across with diet has come because they don't have that good, healthy relationship with food that ultimately long-term is sustainable. They cut calories, they do more cardio, they burn their fat, they do what they need to do. 
but it's not something that's going to work for everybody. It's not going to work best. Um, you worked with people like that, Harissa. Yeah, we work, we, we've definitely worked with people like that. Yeah. And, and the thing is, too, is most people aren't trying to, to become the bodybuilder. They're not going to look at that trainer and be like, I want to be exactly like that guy. They're just trying to live a pain-free, healthier lifestyle. They're not out here trying to go compete on a stage. Now, if, if that is your goal, trying to compete on a stage, then cool. I, I would recommend do, going to an expert in that field and understanding that, hey, to get to this goal, you're going to have to make some sacrifices that may not benefit you long-term in the health field. Aesthetically, it may look cool, but in the health field, it's not going to do you know, the justice, I guess. And then, and we all know this too, because we work with uh, a lot of clients online um, and have had clients in person where psychology really ends up taking a toll. And so Glenn brought up the point of having a trainer that cares enough that would want to, you know, refer out. And regardless, I would hope either trainer, if they don't know the issue, would want to refer out if, if that's the case. But if you have an educated trainer who is healthy, but maybe not, you know, as jacked and ripped and huge, huge biceps, six pack abs, all that fun stuff. But you have someone that is still knowledgeable, understands, and is still caring. They're going to be the ones to help you out the most. They're going to find out your problem because they understand you on a more relatable level, right? How, who do you connect with? As if you're an overweight person, do you connect with that bodybuilder who has a six pack? Or do you connect with the guy that looks more average? That that's what you're trying to reach towards who most likely has had that, that journey themselves. You know what I mean? They've, they've come across losing 30, 40, 50 pounds over the last six, seven, eight months, two years, five years, whatever their goal was. I've just seen clients come into the gym and actually switch to different trainers because of the relatability factor, because they can relate to them. They can get on their level. They understand them and they care a little bit more. And not to say that, you know, a rip guy doesn't care. Not to say that someone that is just so obsessed with fitness doesn't care. But if you get someone that's a little bit more relatable, that understands that, hey, look, fitness isn't going to be my life. And I'm speaking as a client right now, right? Fitness isn't my life. It's just something I want to make a habit of my life, not something I want to obsess over and become so crazy and uh, you know, hitting the gym five, six days a week, sometimes double days, maybe just cut it, like figure out my calories so much with this cookie cutter meal plan, even if it's followed to a T, you know, I'm still like, I'm still going to be looking for someone that's a little bit more relatable, someone that I know that when I am having this hard day where I don't want to fucking go to the gym and I'm just dying, I want to grab that cookies instead and those chips and go sit on the couch, watch some Netflix. I'm going to go to the person that I can relate to more kind of express my feelings to a little bit more that understands where I'm coming from. Uh, and, and then, you know, essentially get my workout that way versus, Oh, it's okay. Just follow the meal plan. Let's go do this. Just go follow the workout plan. If you follow it, I promise it's going to be fine. You'll figure it out. You're going to build these habits. It's fine. I see more people falling off in that, in that sense. Interesting. So Ryan takes kind of the bait and switch approach here. Um, He's saying that you, you can do what Glenn is arguing, but here's why um, personality and relatability is better for getting results. Uh, and not, and, so, 
Can I jump in and, and cross-section Ryan? All right, go ahead, Ryan. Hold on, Glenn. Let's, let's let Ryan finish. Hold up. I can see you chomping at the bit, uh, literally with your pen, just waiting to fucking talk here. But let's, let's let Ryan have his turn here. Well, and, and uh, what were you saying, though, Ross, that you were just saying, like... Oh, I was saying that, like, you could go with, like, the, the argument that, that Glenn's going with if um <laughs> did you oh, just raise your I, hand I, I know where I'm, I'm going with that what were you were saying though uh you know what you because it is true you want something that's relatable but we both know that fitness isn't just what you eat and what you work out right there's a huge 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 mental aspect to it that if you don't get that mental aspect dialed in as well and that goes with habits and everything that you you mentioned earlier too but if you don't get that mental aspect dialed in then you won't see results no matter what i mean like that's just it you're gonna get some results but that's where the yo-yo dieting ends up happening you know that's where people end up hitting a plateau and just stop trying it's because they don't have um you know the mentality and the right mindset going into something and having that relatability having a trainer who understands but is still going to push you because if you're not a trainer that's not going to push somebody then then are you really training them or are you just going to be a friend that watches them work out Right, right. right. You know, so, you still got to you do your job. So you're you're saying that like with the approach of Glenn's argument, it's more kind of just like strict and and not approachable, not relatable. Whereas your the argument you're approaching is more like you're kind of connecting more on a mental um, level as well. Yeah, right? get that psychological piece added into it. Yeah. When you get that psychological switch that just clicks finally, then that's when you get those habits of, okay, I want to maybe pick up an extra day at the gym. I do want to eat a little bit healthier. I do want to make these habits and these changes. So if we can get into the psychology of our client, um, it's going to be a lot easier for us to, to reach our goal and, to, and have a sustainable lifestyle there on after. Right, right. Okay, okay. Uh, for the record, everyone, we're doing this on Zoom. And on Zoom, you're able to click the raise your hand button. And Glenn, you rose your hand. So wow, you, there's a raise your hand button? Apparently, because I just saw it pop up on my screen. And uh, Glenn, since you raised your hand so politely, let's, uh, let's hear what you got to say. So in a regular like Lincoln Douglas debate, this would be this portion where we get to, you know, cross section and ask questions. Um, so I have some questions for Ryan. Ryan, if you're ready. Um, so earlier you mentioned um, a healthy relationship with food, mm-hmm. right? Like a healthy relationship with food and how being on a strict diet is an unhealthy relationship with food. So mm-hmm. you would rather have a more lax relationship with food then? Not necessarily lax, no. But understanding that if you cut and restrict and restrict and restrict, what's going to happen way harder the binge the the reverse is going to happen a lot harder and i've seen this personally with my clients that when i give them a meal no, that's plan, good that's good that's good that's not what i'm asking so would you no 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 whoa 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 whoa, 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 whoa let me get in here not the question I response this isn't this isn't court this isn't like i that's object. not the question i asked you did no i asked You'd rather be laxed. You would you rather have laxed or strict? And I said, yeah. So, what does a healthy relationship mean to you? A healthy relationship with food means you. Uh, that means you're giving your body something that can actually sustain and and thrive, thrive, you know, thrival of the fittest. 
and boom. Uh, but something that your body can actually thrive and sustain a long time with. Not something that is going to get you to your goal the fastest necessarily and restrict, like, you know, restrict calories. Obviously, if you want to go lose freaking 20 pounds, what's the fast way to do it? Just stop fucking eating. Just don't eat goddamn food. But is it, is it healthy? Is that a good relationship with food to starve yourself for five days until you lose 20 pounds? You know, that's like this, what I mean by that. I would rather have that little bit of, hey, it's Saturday. If you want to have a nice dinner with your husband or wife, I understand. You're not going to be exactly on this meal plan I gave you. You have some leniency. I wouldn't say I'm just, nah, fuck it. Go have cookies, cake, go fucking smoke pot and eat as much munchies as you can. You know what I mean? Don't go get boozed up and drink. No, I'm just trying to say, you know, from a psychological level, it's easier to kind of introduce small things versus restrict everything at first. And then they ultimately what happens is they get that binge effect where they just say, fuck this. I can't do this anymore. And then they just eat, 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 eat. And so right now that. we're going, we're going short-term results versus long-term results is what I'm getting at. No, no, no. So I have no, I have more questions for Ryan. Um, so Ryan, if you can keep your answers brief, that's all I need. So <laughs> when you said um, more lenience, I said lax lenience, you'd rather have a more lenient diet approach, correct? No. I'd rather, well, I mean. But you just said I would rather have it more lenient. What would, what would, what would you consider lenient? Because to me, what I would consider lenient would be if you want to go out and have that nice dinner with your, your husband or wife. Once you know, a week. not yeah, like once a week. Yeah, like not, yeah, not and that's fine. Like, hey, it's Saturday night. Oh, now it's a Tuesday night. Go eat. Okay, no, like lenient. You know, just have some yeah. little. One cheat. You also sound like you were also talking about earlier how we're all run by our habits. So you'd rather have a habit built in where they could cheat once a week and be uh, lenient. I would rather if that meant that they can reach their so goal. Just what you said. Whoa! If, if they could reach your goal long term, then yeah, I would. Okay. Versus um, and then seeing as how 71% of our nation is overweight and obese, would you think that those people, the majority of people have a healthy relationship with food? No. And that's why we are here as trainers, whether you're a fit one or not a fit one. That's why your job is as a trainer is to teach them what a healthy relationship with food is. And, and so you think letting them cheat every once in a while, like they've already been doing is, is going to make it a healthier relationship with food and then showing them, Hey, if I, if you eat the way I tell you to, you'll get slower results. As moderate. You think that's healthier. I, I heard once a week. That's not bad. To you, 71% of the nation's overweight or obese. And mm-hmm. you're telling them they can keep doing what they're doing. It's not no. a big deal. I'll be lenient on you, not hold you accountable as much. And know. you'll get slower results. Maybe don't lose 20 pounds in the month, but that's okay. Well, no, because I'm not saying, I'm not telling them keep doing what you're doing. Because if you keep doing what they're doing, they're going to be in the same results they're in. I'm telling them they got to follow the meal plan that I'm giving them. But I'm going to be a little bit more lenient on whether or not, you know, what's acceptable. And that's where that communication comes in on a relatable level with this person being like, Hey, it's my, you know, three-year-old son's birthday. We're going out for pizza and and wings with everybody and our whole family's going. I'll be like, okay, I understand that. Like there is some leniency there where I'm going to be like, yo, your kid turns three. I get it. Now what we're going to do later on is adjust your meal plan to make up for this aspect. But I'm giving them that leniency to understand that, Hey, real life happens. Originally what we were arguing about and debating about was, which person's going to get the other 
the client results the fastest. You're already saying. No, we didn't say fastest. Whoa. We didn't say fastest. We said yeah. results, right? Results. So you would rather. Fastest was never part of the. Uh, sorry, sorry. So you would rather your client build in habits of leniency around their diet, which I never said, or we never stated that this fit trainer wouldn't do that either, or that they don't have a heart or they don't understand the person. That doesn't mean anything. We just said that this person is passionate enough about fitness that they put it in their life. Now you're trying to paint this picture of this lenient shaman, will you, of just niceness who's going to help this person get to their goal and not hold them accountable as much. And we all know that accountability equals results. And so if you want to keep them on that same diet plan that 71% of the nation is following and not getting results, right? And they don't have the accountability. So you hired a trainer for accountability. That's part of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're not going to get it. They're going to be let off. Then you talked about how strict is not relatable. And strict is, is, is bad. And being strict on your clients is bad. Well, let me ask you this. When you went to high school, mm-hmm. how many of the kids with strict parents turned out good versus how many kids with the lenient, cool parents turned out good? Uh, I wouldn't actually know that stat. I, okay. Let me, let me, use your head. Let me chime in here. Use your head. Let me chime in here. I got one too. Uh, that those kids that were strict, 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 those were actually the kids that actually, when they got to college, they were the hardest partiers I actually met. They were actually the kids that did the, some of the hardest drugs. Those kids who, you know, got to have a little bit of that leniency in high school that, like, oh, they got to college. They're like, yeah, it's beer. What, what the hell ever, bro? Like it's nothing new. You know what I mean? So Which actually, ones are more successful now? You don't got stats on that, Glenn. Yeah, nobody's got stats on that. All right, wait, let me chime in here. I agree with While you were talking, I actually Googled this, so go I, ahead. I I was going to say, I agree with the strictness aspect and how that can uh, form better habits. However, part of that 71% of obese and overweight people, um, I, they're, I'm sure they're following cookie-cutter plans that aren't working for them. That you, that you were referring to that they'd be following in the beginning. You or they just had that lifestyle since they were little kids and they've yeah. just built on it for years. So they already have bad habits. They need to be replaced with good habits. We all know that cookie cutter plans can work if they're done. And frankly, the biggest thing is getting the person to follow the plan in the first place. Now, Ryan's plan admittedly may give them better results if they follow it. But here's the thing. Ryan's amazing plan that his trainer that we're talking about that's out of shape and more educated, his amazing plan, he's already talking about how he doesn't care if they follow it or if they're lenient or they're not accountable or they're not strict on building these habits and getting rid of the habits that got them there in the first place. Now, earlier, Ryan also said that they can identify with the super rich trainers, right? And it's very difficult for clients to go into a, a training facility and identify with a super ripped trainer, right? We already know that if there's an overweight trainer, they don't want to identify with that one, right? Because if they're overweight themselves, they see an overweight trainer, they don't really want that, correct? Yeah, I think we all agreed on that one. But yeah. wouldn't you agree though, that that trainer that's overweight, they identify with them more than they would an average looking trainer because they're overweight themselves. So you're saying uh, they, may, they may not trust like the results that they're going to get with the- what Ryan said was they can't identify with the super rich trainer. Mm-hmm. So they, they don't trust them. 
and they're afraid of them, right? But the trainer that they would identify most, remember 71% of our nation is overweight and obese, mm -hmm. would be an obese trainer who we've all agreed is not going to get anybody results and no one should ever go to. But this is the trainer that they can look at and mirror the most and identify with the most, correct? So you're, so you're saying that they would like trust, they would actually trust the super fit trainer more because they think that they know how to get to their, I, I, the physique that they're looking for more, right? Is that what you're saying? They have the goal that they're looking for. That's right. Just, just like, would you want to invest with a stockbroker who's late on his rent and in debt? Maybe you're late on your rent and in debt yourself. You would identify with a stockbroker who's late on their rent and in debt. But would you want to use them and pay them to teach you how to get out of rent, how to get out of debt and pay your rent and make money? Right. No, you'd want the most successful stockbroker you could find, which is why the logic behind they can't identify with their trainer is false. Think about all the top Instagrammers. There's a couple of, there's a couple of standard deviations that are outside of what we're talking about here, but aren't most of them very, very good shape and most of them look the part because people are attracted to that. That's the goal they want. They see that in themselves. Go ahead, Ryan. I know you wanted to talk. Oh, no, I just wanted to raise my hand. Yeah, I don't, I can't find that button anywhere. I don't know where it's at. Yeah, I don't know where the raise hand button is either, but. Anyways, yeah, no, what I was going to say is that you they would identify with that fat trainer more now you got to get into the psychology of an overweight person though of course everybody would like to have the most aesthetic looking body when you walk into a gym though and you're 100 to 200 pounds overweight or even 80 pounds overweight how daunting is it when you and how nerve-wracking and you may not know this because glenn you've always been in great shape but coming from someone who's been a fat kid before Going into a gym, I didn't want to approach anybody that was just crazy ripped, right? It's because the psychology of a person who's underweight or overweight, my bad, overweight is that they're usually lacking confidence. They don't have the ability just to go walk up to that person and be like, hey, what are you doing right there? They're going to kind of hang out in the back. They're going to kind of sit there and they're going to watch, but they're going to go to somebody that they can actually understand and talk to and feel comfortable around versus someone that they feel so uncomfortable and if they mess up and their trainer is going to hate them forever and do all this, yada, yada, yada. And versus someone that they can relate to and be like, yo, I understand you fucked up. It's not good. All right. We don't want you. You don't think as in, you don't think an in shape trainer can say those exact same words. Yo, they I understand could. you fucked up. How hard is it for a, someone who is overweight to go up to that, that uh, super ripped Jack trainer and want to get started with them in the first place? You like, said originally that this is coming from your own point of view, correct? Uh, yeah, but I've also had conversations with many, a few of my clients asking why they chose me versus somebody else. And it mm -hmm. is 90% of the time, it's because of that mentality of, I was like really intimidated by that guy. I'm like, well, look, mm -hmm. that's okay. So if you had your choice to spend money on it when you were getting skinny? You know, get the results that's going to actually, you know, help you. And I understand where you're coming from. I understand your mindset, you know, and here's the deal. I'm going to get you to your end result. I'm going to do it in the right way. And it may not be as fast as you want. It may not be as fast as that, you that you're still, you're, you're speaking about other stuff now. We're talking about identifying. Okay. Okay. Here, then here, let's bring it. Let's bring it back in, bro. But you said they can't identify with, 
shape, on, like in shape trainers. I'm going to go into the gym as a fat person and look for somebody that I feel comfortable talking to. That's, that's okay. my, I'm going to be All comfortable right. talking to somebody. And that's fair. That's fair. So would you, would you tell me that being comfortable is a, is a good way to have growth? No, but how do you, okay, how do you That's start? all I needed. So I have, I've got more. We've got a lot to Dude, cover. you're acting like this is a quarter. We've got a lot to cover. We've got a lot. I'm questioning him, and that's all I needed. All I needed for that was that. I'm answer. the moderator here, and I can pick who speaks. Why can, why can you keep asking me questions, but I try and ask you something, you just interrupt me. Your turn's next. No, 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 no. I've been trying. Your turn's next. I you picked no, no, the no. turns You here. get to ask me questions. I picked the turns. I'm the moderator. I'm the judge. No, no. Order. I got Order. Two more questions. Everyone. Be quiet. I don't even remember who's talking. Um, I'm asking questions. It's cross-sectioning. He's going to cross-section me as soon as we're done. Yeah, but let him talk after he says five words or whatever. Yeah, I say But like, I don't need any more. We've already covered the answer. People do. All right, so fitness mm-hmm. isn't my life is what you said earlier. You talked about how fitness – isn't your life. I want somebody who fitness isn't their life. No, no. The client. It's not the client's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they relate to like this trainer who's not in great shape, right? Well, and fitness if, isn't their life either, right? If, you know, if you're getting into, if you're a trainer, that's your life, bro. That's like, that's your livelihood. That's your job. That's what you do for a living. That is your life. If you're just someone that's an accountant that sits at a desk all day, that's 60 pounds overweight. Fitness isn't your life, man. You got other things that you're worrying about. Maybe you got family, you got kids at home, you got dogs to take care of, you got vacations that you're planning with your, your whole family. You know, there's other things outside of fitness that you care about way more. Now, if you're a trainer though, whether you're a fat one, which we know we all kind of agreed on that one. Wait, wait, know. wait. So we're get, you're getting off track again. 71% no, no, of our nation is overweight and over and obese. It was to my point. It was to my point. What's, what's the leading cause of death in America? No, no. You see, now you're getting off point, dude. So now here's my point was that fitness, if you're a trainer, that's your life. That's what you want to do. That's something that you chose to do and to focus on to help other people and ultimately let fitness become your life. If you're just a trainer or if you're not a trainer and you're just an average Joe or Jane, Fitness ain't your life, dude. Like, fit, like most people I meet could give shit about how much they squat or how much they bench press. They just would like to wake up in the morning and not have a hurt neck. They would rather wake up in the morning and not have low back pain. You know what I mean? They're not out there trying to just hit new PRs and have this shredded body. No, some people are. Everyone has different goals. But that's, that's what I mean. Fitness isn't the client's life. It's our life as a trainer. You know, it's okay. our life. I don't, I don't remember. I wrote notes on everything you said, so I don't really know what you exactly said. Um, but I'll listen to it on the replay. And maybe you did say fitness isn't, isn't life. But leading cause of death in America. You know what it is, right? Obesity, fat. Yeah. So if we were to help these people, right, help them not die of the number one leading cause of death, mm-hmm. we should make them fitter, right? Agreed. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that my point – None, everything I'd be doing wouldn't make him fitter. No, but I'm saying that like there's a direct correlation with fitness and life, correct? Uh, yeah, there'd be a. a uh, close that's up. all I needed. Um, so <laughs> you said, <laughs> you said, um, 
like these people that have the trainers, right? That their job fitness is like their job. It's everything they needed. And fitness is like, they're all encompassing, right? And that these trainers that are super well-educated, but they're not in great shape. It is their life, right? Can you define not in great shape? Cause you keep saying that I'm just talking about like, they look like average people Super ripped in bodybuilding. Look, I'm looking, I'm talking. Yeah. About they're like, not super ripped in bodybuilding. Look like a four pack. That's cool. Two pack. That's right. cool. What if they just have a flat stomach and they don't have a six pack? Or that's, I mean, if they're, they're just would, like a normal person, 50% body fat percentage, I would consider 15%. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. All right. 16. Okay. Depends. All right. So, Hey, let me ask you this. Somebody's at 16% body fat Where's and they live. At? What? Where's the fat at on their body? Cause everyone's body composition is different. Is Just it let me, uh, that, that's not relevant to what I'm about to ask you. And this is the last question I have. Just let me get it out and you can cross section me. So. Law and order. Huh? <laughs> so Ryan, mm-hmm. if someone's 16% body fat and they live breathe, eat, sleep, fitness all day, 24 seven. Why are they not less than 15% body fat? Uh, maybe cause that's their goal, man. I'm done. Go ahead, Ryan. Cross section me. <laughs> what is up with you in this DA approach? Yeah, <laughs> trying to be like an attorney, man. <laughs> no further questions. No further questions. I'm done. Judge, I'm done. I was in speech and debate when I was in high school. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Right Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> you were that kid. I just have I have backyard speech and debate classes with my buddies. You know, like backyard fights, but we didn't fight. We just debated. Yeah, yeah. Dude, ask me questions. This is your time to grill me. Ross, do you have anything to add first before I start getting into it? Um, dude, honestly, I think you both are making all right points. Um, we just cross-section Ross now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, go for it. <laughs> no, okay. Anything? Sorry. Uh, dude, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I agree with both of you at this point. Um, but – it really just depends if you're going for short-term or long-term goals. Now, and, and here's one thing. It is a lot of that. And, you know, we talked about habits. Now, coming from someone, and, like, we've all been there, who have had bad habits, and we know what our bad habits are, right? Whether it's biting our nails, whether it's sleeping in until 1030 in the morning or staying on your phone eight hours a day. You know, we all have bad habits. Is it easier to tackle one habit at a time? Or is it easier to try and tackle all the habits at once? Glenn, is it easier to, to, to try and tackle all those habits that you're trying to accomplish? One, one at a time. One at a time. No further questions. Thank you. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, no. no, I'm just kidding. Uh, exactly. It's easier to do one at a time. So if you overwhelm the client, they're probably not going to change their, their habits at a fast pace or how we'd like them to. We'd ra- I'd rather them get their one habit dialed in really well before we start habit number two, whether that's just coming to the gym three times a week, boom, new habit. Let's, let's perfect that first. Cause then we, we can all say that we've had clients that always find reasons to cancel. Right. And no matter what, and it's always hard to, if you can get that consistency, that's a good habit to build. Then we'll maybe build in, the nutrition aspect. And instead of me saying, Hey, I'm going to restrict you of all these foods, 
which I've done with clients. And what ends up happening is they end up doing it for like a week or two. And then they binge like crazy. Even if I'm calling them, even if I'm keeping them accountable, if I'm talking to them about their meal plans, why it's important, they still have that binge effect where they'll have like, oh, fuck it. I just got to have just a slice of pizza. That's it. Just one slice. It's all I'm having. And then that slice of pizza turns into pizza, cookies, beer, you know, just other sugar, inflammatory foods. I'd rather them say, hey, we're going to implement two new vegetables that I want you to eat each day. You know what I mean? Like right now, hey, I'm going to be a little bit nicer to you. I'm not understanding like, hey, this is our meal plan that we're working towards. I want you to eat these, these vegetables first. I want you to eat this first, get in the habit of doing that daily. Then we're going to, instead of me just trying to restrict everything away from them, that way I can build the habits a little bit slower, but it's going to have that better foundation underneath them. It won't just be all like, screw it, let's do it. We're cutting everything out. You're going to be so much better shape. You're going to have this fit body and feeling great, which they might. But again, we didn't address the psychological aspect of it is that they're going to end up rebounding at some point. So I'd rather teach them the habits the right way with a little bit more leniency on my end, keeping them accountable, but then eventually getting them and educating them. And that's the big part of it is that our goal as clients and, or as, as trainers is to educate our clients is why we're doing it. I mean, I know most people don't like most people do just want to lose weight, but if they don't have a good reason why they're doing it or why they're doing something, it's easy for them to just be like, ah, I could drop that habit. I don't need that. Right. And then that's how these little one little bad habit forms again. Then the second one forms again, it's because they don't understand the education aspect of it. So I'd rather be the educated trainer that may only have 15% body fat or may have 15%, not only may have 15% body fat, but educates my client in a nice, uh, easy for them to understand type of way where they can build these habits long-term. Okay. That's interesting. So you're, you're kind of going with the more educational long-term approach. Whereas Glenn, like your side, it's, you're more nailing in those habits now to get them results quicker. That's exactly what we're doing Ross. I'm glad that you brought it up because the number one thing for a habit to form, whether it's one or many at one time, um, cause Ryan's correct. It's much more difficult to get one habit or much more difficult to get many habits to form. than yeah. it is one, but the most important thing for a habit to form is a reward. That trigger of the reward to let the person know that the habit that they're doing is yeah. actually helping them. Got you. And so even if it is six at once, if they get a massive reward for it, they're more likely to keep following it. Facts. What do you think about the educational aspect though, Glenn? Cause it, cause the, the scenario is that your, your scenario is more uneducated. You can't just keep going You're outside. Right. For You're help. right. You're right. You're right. Ryan's Ryan's definitely going to have more educated trainer. Um, well, that's the and, scenario. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in this scenario, um, and we all agree that you should have both. You should have somebody who's passionate enough to keep themselves in shape year round and also, you know, dive into all the education. Yeah. But if you could only pick one, and this is the difficult part that even makes me cringe a little bit to say it, the in shape person that's passionate about it is going to be the one that you have to do and you have to go with. And the reason 
for that is because even if they don't educate you fully, they're going to give you the same education that they have, right? And it may not be as a high level as the education that Ryan trainer has, but the education that they have and the accountability with it will still get them to their results. And that's the main goal is getting the, tr the client to the result. Okay. Can I counter that? Of course, dude. This is, you're supposed to be asking me questions. This is the counter section. Well, we, we don't have a, yeah. Ryan, just so you know, we don't have a structure here. Glenn's calling <laughs> his own structure. I don't know what the, that is, but I yeah. I don't either. Douglas something. Yeah. I went to public school, man. I don't know that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Hey, your hand is theoretically raised. Yes. Um, so, yes, you're right. We do want them to get their results. But I also, and like Ross said, is that I would like to them have a long-term success, right? And so understanding that there's a way to do it correctly, there's a way to do it quickly, and a lot of times those two ways don't meet up the same way. And so I'd rather educate them. And this is what I see from a lot of trainers who are just bodybuilders or fitness influencers is that, hey, I did this. I got abs, do this and you'll be fine versus some that understands like, Hey, your body's different than my body. We have different genetics. We take different foods differently. You know, all the, there's a million different factors that go in to that individual person where I need to be educated to know what's going to work best for them versus do this. This is the education I have because it worked for me. So it's going to work for you. Not true. It won't always work for them. Gotcha. All right. So, I mean, at this point, does anyone have anything new that they want to share? No, I think that's a wrap, honestly. I so, think it, it all comes down to would you rather have passion or education and um, somebody that lives their life by it. Um, and frankly, that's why I'm so proud to have you guys on the Reset You team because we got both. Yeah, you know, I, we have education. We have – because it makes me cringe to even – even fight for this side this dude i know it's it makes me cringe it's all for this but i mean like i wouldn't want either trainer to be honest with you i wouldn't want the trainer that's uneducated but super ripped um even though i truly feel like you got a better shot with them and i wouldn't want the educated trainer who's out of shape like because that person doesn't care like if you're eating pizza rolls and shit and you fucking don't care, then you don't care. Like if you have all the knowledge in the world, but you don't care. And like Ryan said, you live, breathe, eat fitness and life. If you're eating pizza rolls and shit, you don't care. You got really good at a skill that you don't care about. It happens mm -hmm. all the time. There's plenty of dudes that are in the NBA don't give a shit and they're not going to work as hard and they're not going to push themselves. They're not going to, if they had a client, they're not going to push their client. And that's why I'm so fucking grateful that we have, the right mix. We have education. Ryan was just in a seminar this fucking weekend and we keep ourselves in shape and we live, eat, breathe, sleep, fitness. And we give that to our clients too. And we have all the aspects that Ryan was talking about built in our program too. Like he's talking about starting one habit at a time. I'm like, I fucking know that's right. That's what we do at reset. You is we do one habit at a time. That as an argument. That's why <laughs> we do. That. And it's, 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 it makes me so grateful for our program that we have both. So I think the best way to sum it up and Ross, I'll let you do it. But I think the best way we could sum it up is just fucking find somebody that's got both because you need both. Well, yeah. Cause there's both, there's good things in both arguments that you guys are saying, like with Glenn, sure. You're going to develop those, those long lasting habits faster, but you, without the knowledge 
aspect of things, you're, uh, you're going to be in more pain. You may not see the long-term results from this. Whereas Ryan is going about the long-term approach, but you may not develop the habits, I guess, enough to ever get to those results mm-hmm. in the near future. You know what I mean? So like, I see what you both are saying. You both kind of were like, I was like in the middle, you know, Glenn's tugging me one way, Ryan's tugging me the other way. And I was, you know, it's kind of hard to pick a side to be completely honest. Um, I I don't have to. Um, Well, the audience is here. Yeah. Well, and that's, what's cool though, too, is that, you know, I think we all agree that you don't want a fat trainer. You don't want something that's stupid. Yeah. You want to find that good mix of both. And that's what like we really do at reset you. Like we really do care so much more about the clients yeah not to toot our own horn or anything but we no yeah exactly but like we care more about the clients a lot of times than we do sometimes our own results like glenn i know you will hop on a phone call with someone in a zoom call to fix their issues and you'll come back and be like dude like my shoulder's hurting but it's because you prioritized the client first over yourself you know what i mean and that's 100 percent. and that's the the trainer you want to have is someone that's going to prioritize you first versus their results like oh hold on i gotta take care of my biceps i gotta go take care of this issue first you'll be later you know right. what i mean yeah so definitely if so if you're listening uh, were you gonna say something glenn no i was just gonna say i'm really really glad that our listeners don't have to pick one side of the debate yeah facts but for the hell of it please let us know what you think <laughs> of this long debate about which which scenario you would go with um excluding the the both category that we're ending with right here which side do you pick let us know in the comments wherever you're watching this um and let's wrap it up that was a fun one boys let's wrap it up we'll see you next time whenever that is from ross ryan glenn reset you fitness we're out peace gotta get a better sign out thing than that